Jesus Christ. Do you like the Steelers? No, no, no. I'm a big uh, soccer fan. Dude, I, I used to play soccer as a kid. And it's funny, like, I hated it. But for some reason, that was the only sport I played. I never played football. I played a little basketball, but that was pathetic. I hated soccer, but I was the I was I was the only sport I was pretty good at as a kid. So I played every year until Katrina. But Katrina I can't took, Katrina Katrina took your will to play soccer away. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like I can't understand how that's the biggest sport in the world. The people overseas they fucking go crazy for it. And I just don't get it. <sighs> Me neither. But it's it's one of the only sports I didn't. It's a sport I didn't try that I don't regret not trying because I feel like I would not have been good at it, and I just have no interest. I tried football, sucked. Uh, tried basketball, sucked. Uh, funny stories there. One, my highlight of my football career was a uh, uh, play in practice where I spun a dude out uh, when he was trying to tackle me. I was the running back, and everyone was like, oh, and I was, I was so hyped, and then I got leveled by the linebacker like right after. Um and then yeah. my highlight of my basketball career in fourth grade, I made a shot. I didn't play a lot. I made a shot. I turned to my mom in the stands. I was like, Mom, I made it. And she was like, run down the other end of the court now. And I was like, oh, shit. Um, so, yeah, I wasn't good at those. The only one I regret that I didn't play that I feel like I would have been good at was baseball. Um, but it's okay. I mean, I do um, – I you know, every – when it's warm outside, I set something up in my backyard and I just throw at like a net with a ball because I can throw a ball pretty fast. So that's kind of why I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should have played baseball, but never tried soccer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that's about all I got for soccer. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you for listening. Um, you know, I don't know. I have no idea where we're going today. We're going to talk anything and everything Christmas related, man. Any anything, everything. It's a Christmas episode, you know? It's yeah. festivus. Um tis the season, deck them halls and all that, man. Yeah. How are you yeah. looking on your shopping? We're done. We're done and I'm broke. I'm so broke. Like I I'm so broke that I'm refusing to look at my bank account. Like like I just I don't want to look. I told Sydney, just keep up with it. Make sure we have enough money for blah, 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 these bills. But, like, I that's how broke I am right now, where I refuse to look at my bank account. Because uh, if if I do, I just have panic attacks. So, other than that, I'm great. Well, I haven't even uh, – well, I have started. I got my son a few things. But uh, I get paid Thursday, and I'm doing all my shopping on Thursday. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it. <clears throat> It's it's weird because my family started doing this thing where they're just like, we're not going to do presents this year, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I just like the gesture. Like, I'm like, I don't don't get me something crazy. Just get me like a anything. And like I because I like opening presents and I like giving presents. But it's weird that they want to do that. I, I don't like that. And I've, I've been vocal about it, but we get voted out. Me and Sydney are just like, no, we want to. And we still got them presents. So we're going to make them feel like shit this year when they don't have anything for me but i got them stuff but i don't like that dude i, I can't stand the i uh, just don't don't worry about it blah 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 like no i'm gonna get you something because it feels good but i don't get it i don't yeah like i've always been big into getting uh giving gifts I, I like to do it and i always always end up broke and i'm miserable for a week or so until i get paid again and i'm eating 
dollar menu McDonald's and stuff. But is there even a dollar menu on McDonald's anymore? I don't know. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I you think know, there is. I don't know. I tell you, dude, this shit's getting out of hand. I remember just in high school, like 2008, like less than $10. Easily, like it's probably I need I think like five or six bucks for like a like a chicken club and like a large fry and shit, dude. You're better off just getting like Domino's pizza or something. Now it's cheaper than going to Taco Bell or going to like if me and Cindy get Wendy's, dude. It's twenty something bucks. Like what the fuck is going? I on? went well. I mean, I went to McDonald's tonight for dinner because I'm you know pretty low on funds until I get paid. And uh, I got I mean for me and my brother it was like seventeen bucks. It wasn't bad, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if they have a dollar menu anymore. If they do, it's probably just a few things. But they have like something similar to it, where it's like, oh, this burger is one thirty nine. It's not a dollar, but it's one thirty nine. It's like, well, you know, shit's creeping up, dude. I swear to God, it, it's just it's kill it's killing me. Don't go to Hawaii. Uh, when I was in Hawaii, we went one morning. We decided. We're not going to go to breakfast this morning because anytime you dine in anywhere in Hawaii, it's like a hundred bucks, no matter where you go. So we're like, we're not going to do that. Let's just go to McDonald's and get McDonald's breakfast. She was like, okay, it was 30 some odd dollars for her and I to get combo meals at McDonald's and both of us to get a coffee. Well, and that's Hawaii. I mean, everything is shipped there. So they, everything is more expensive there. Literally everything. This was 20, well, this was last year, so September 2021, and gas was like five fifty a gallon there when it was still like three dollars here. I mean, everything's just more expensive there. So, yeah, man, oh man, mm-hmm. I hate money, dude. Money sucks. The like Paul Stanley, I was reading his book, and he said something about money that I love. <laughs> he was like, "Money doesn't buy you happiness, but it does give you the ability to not worry about it," and that's half the battle. And I'm like, "Shit, dude." Imagine yeah. make, imagine having enough money where you don't have to like you just really you don't have to have to think about it. Oh my god, I would be the happiest man on planet Earth if I didn't yeah, I, have to think about it. Yeah. I definitely wouldn't buy Twitter with it. I can tell you that much. <laughs> no, I mean I, 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 yeah, I'd love to have that much money. Never have to worry about a thing because I hate that saying too. No money doesn't buy happiness, but what money does is what is a lot of in in in, in America. What what is a what's one thing all of us struggle with and and money. worry about all the time is fucking money. So if you just had enough money to never have to worry about money, you can worry about other shit. Like, am I fat? Am I ugly? Like, let me worry about that. Don't let me worry about can I keep my heat on? You know, it's I don't know. I'm getting I'm 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 ready to get to that age where I can really stop caring about my physical appearance. Like, I think I got ten more years, but once I hit forty, dude, I'm done. I I'm not giving a rat's ass. Some people already do. Like some people, when you get married, you say to yourself, well, you know, we've been together this long and, you know, we're, we're, we're not going anywhere, blah, blah, blah. Who cares what we look like? But I think it's YouTube. It's like, oh, I got to exercise. I don't want to look like a fat piece of shit on camera, you know, but hey, you just embrace it. Embrace whatever it is you're going for, man. Fuck it. I mean, honestly, I, I don't know. But I feel like, dude, I feel running makes me feel good. Like it really like I, if I don't run, I mentally feel like shit. It's like run, the dopamine from exercise is so great. That's what I've, I've been running for a decade now without stopping. Like I, I do it almost every day, five miles. And I feel so good when I get done food tastes better. You know, like when I exercise food tastes better, uh, water tastes better. 
Um, but I'm still oh, well, yeah. I'm still a grumpy fuck, you know. Yeah. Even though like my my personality is so shitty all the time, but there's only like two times that I ever crave water, and it's like after some form of exercise, water just hits different. You just chug it, and if you drank a lot the night before, when you first wake up, you're like, oh. dear God, give me some water. You yeah. know what I do, dude? Uh, because I don't like the taste of water. Who does? And if, you, if anybody that says, "Oh, I love the way water tastes," like you like the taste of nothing, I, I bet you have the worst personality. But Sydney <laughs> got me those little Kool Aid things. It's like liquid, uh, yeah, and yeah. there's zero cow and everything. And I, it's like drinking fruit punch all day. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm getting my water, and I piss like a fucking cocker spaniel all day at work. But uh, dude, it keeps me go. It keeps me hydrated gets rid of my bloated feeling that's the way that's like dude i hate feeling bloated and drinking water fixes that for me because like if i eat late at night and go to bed i'll wake up i feel pregnant i feel just like a pregnant piece of shit and i'll just drink water and finally i feel better you know yeah yeah no i hear you but like um i've actually recently too gotten to a point where like i i don't drink as much pop anymore like i don't know like it's just because like i feel like Obviously, I know it doesn't hydrate you. If anything, it dehydrates you. And it's just kind of like, why am I drinking this? Like, it's tastes good. It tastes good. Yeah. And I still drink it, but I don't drink it as much. You know, I mean, I'm sitting here drinking some right now. So like, but I got a I got a Fanta. I got a Fanta at McDonald's. I was like, I'm gonna get a little little something different. So I love orange soda, but like I drink uh all I drink is diet drinks. So like, I, I remember I would go to Walmart and get the crush and I was like, Oh my God, this is great. Their zero cal crush is great. Well, I went last time, last couple of times they didn't have it, but they had sun kissed and I got that fucking disgusting. I hated it. Wow. I like, it like shit. Maybe the regular. Oh, I yeah. guarantee you not their zero, their zero cal sun kiss was terrible. Just God awful. I had to throw them out. Could, I couldn't drink. I'd sit, I was like sitting, you drank them. And she, it is like they taste like syrup, like cough syrup. There's something wrong with them. But the crush, the zero crush were fantastic, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan of zero. Like, Coke Zero is pretty good. Um, Pepsi Zero is not bad. Um, there's I, only a. I can't drink regular sodas. It's it's like to me, it's like drinking syrup. It's just like they're they they feel it's way too filling feeling for me. I'm, I'm assuming you've been drinking regular sodas. You never really steadily drank diet drinks. If I drink a regular Coke, I feel like I have a brick sitting in my stomach. A brick. I can't yeah. do it. Yeah, man. That's like Coke. Get that Coke up in you. It's, uh, yeah. No, I, Coke is like always my favorite. And, but I've drank it a lot less in recent years just because, yeah, it is. It's a lot, man. Coke is the argument between Coke and Pepsi is, is, it's like Pepsi is sweeter. So like if you're going for sweeter, like Pepsi is your thing. Coke is more harsh, but there's something about that harshness that is just like, I just love it. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway. Anyway, Christmas, guys. It's Christmas week. Whenever this is dropping, I, I, I don't know if it'll be Wednesday or Thursday or whatever day, but Christmas is upon us. Uh, have you been... Have you been in on your uh, Christmas watches? Have you been keeping up with it? Some I'm cut like I'm kind of I'm sick of the same shit. Like I don't feel like watching Silent Night Deadly Night. I've fucking seen it a thousand times. I don't feel like watching Silent Night Deadly Night 2. It's the same goddamn thing. They need to make it Silent Night Deadly Night 2 
instead of TWO, it needs to be TOO because it's the same movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, it's Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. No, but I tell you what, the Silent Night, Deadly Night 3 through 5 I've been watching because I haven't seen those. I've seen those all one time <laughs> each, and I've been loving. I love Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. The Brian used the one. It's fucking nasty and weird, and it's like society, and I loved that, and I hadn't seen that but one time before. So I haven't watched Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 or 2 this year, and I'm not going to. So I, I, I'm, just, I'm burnt out on them, man. I watched um, two yesterday. I watched one and three today. I watched five last week, and I'm going to watch four tomorrow. Four is the only one I have not seen. Haven't seen it. It's really not a Christmas movie. No. <laughs> it's like, it's clear to me that it was something else. And then they were like, hey, we've got the property for this. Why don't we just kind of take a few turns here and there with the story and blah, 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 which is great, but I love it. It's, it's gross. I won't say nothing. I won't spoil it, but I like it a lot. It's a, it's, it's really cool, but I like, I, I, I've, I've, when I've been revisiting them, I've been pleasantly surprised with how well the toy maker held up for me. I, I, awesome. I like That's it. a good movie. Yeah. yeah. That one's like just a legitimate good film. I think four is like four is borderline a good movie, but it's really charming. Three is really bad, but I like it anyway. Yeah. Like three's pretty, they're so cheap. And I'm the DVD. I have the DVD set of those and I was for sure. Like it was VHS rips of it. Cause they were four, three. And then I was like, fuck, these must've really been television movies. Cause like the Blu-rays they're four, three still. And I'm like, that's weird. Like what's going on. And I was like, Oh, these were TV movies. I didn't know that. I never yeah, not saw my TV. Not just that, man. It, it surprises me how many boobies are in those movies. Like, I didn't remember going back and watching. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of boobs in these movies. Like, but it's weird because it walks this weird line where, like, some of it is like, is assault. Yeah. And then there's like juxtaposed with a scene that they're trying to make, like, really like skinamax, like sensual. And I'm like, this is a really weird juxtaposition here. Yeah. Um, but I mean, dude, they're they're fun. They really are. I mean, the the thing that the only reason that I rewatch part two is for Eric Freeman or his performance is something else. Uh, we'll, we'll just put it that way. I mean, when he's walking down the street, ha 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 ha. ha. I take nothing away from it. They're gr- he's great. It's just the first man, half. I, yeah, it's the same. It's the fucking first movie. Yeah. I just dude those move and look. I'm sure I'm going to get shit for it. I'm sorry. I have watched Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 and 2 every single year for the last decade since I got into those films. I'm just, dude. I mean, I watch Black Christmas 74 because that's like, to me, that's like, I just do. And I got the 4K this year, so that was a, another reason to watch it. Like, But I watch that, but I was just like, fuck. But watch, like maybe f- come February, I'll be like, now I feel like watching Silent Night, Deadly Night 1 and 2. I mean, taking a year off isn't always a bad idea. I've done that with some of the Halloween movies. In certain Octobers, I just won't watch them. And and then the following year, I'm like rejuvenated a little bit. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch this one this October. Like, um, but no, I hear what you're saying because like, honestly, dude, I've had a lot of time at night and I haven't been playing a lot of Xbox as much lately. So I was like, I've been like watching stuff and you would think I'd be watching a lot of Christmas stuff, but not really like, I watched Krampus, like like I said, the Silent Night, Deadly Night movies. I've watched Black, both Black Christmases already, and I guess the one that shall not be named. We watched that one too, um, but like I just went back and rewatched all three seasons of uh, of You, 
Uh, and just the other night, I, I, I rewatched all three seasons over like the span of a week because season four comes out in the beginning of February. So can't wait. Yeah, I'm same. I was like, I'm gonna refresh myself, and like, Jesus Christ, I love that show. I mean, I, I, I I've, I've loved it since it came out, but like, it was, it's. I was like, I'm gonna rewatch it. We'll see if it'll keep my attention, or if I'm just doing this to fill time. No, no, it keeps my attention every time I've watched so those good. seasons. I have to watch it. I'm like, I don't want to put it down. An episode's over, and I'm like, I gotta go to bed, and I'm like, God damn, no, like the shit. I go want it. I know what happens. Like I've seen it, but like, I, I want to fucking watch it again. Um. Yeah, can't wait for season four. Really hope it's not the last season. Netflix hasn't made an announcement on that yet, but that's one of their best shows, in my opinion. I just, I I don't, and I don't give a shit. Yeah, Joe is a fucking serial killer, but guess what? I still root for Joe because Joe has something about him that everything he does, even when it's wrong, he has a way of explaining it where you're like, I can kind of see his point. So like, well, he manages to find even <laughs> shittier people to get involved with, <laughs> like, yeah. like the broad and his wife in season three. Yeah, and uh, and I remember watching that with my wife, and because uh, we watched every season together as it premiered, and like halfway through season three, her and I were talking about it, and we were like, "We're not supposed to like Joe because he's not a good person per se, but like he's not wrong. Like she kills people impulsively way yeah. more than he does. What she's, are the odds? She, I know she's cheating on him. Like I, I was sitting there the whole time, like. I mean, Joe's not wrong though. Like he's, right. I mean, I'm not saying he should kill her, but like, he's not wrong. So like, I don't know. It's a great show. Netflix is a mess, dude. Like they just, they cancel shit. They have good shows that they uh, just stop. I, I'm still pissed off about Mindhunter. That's one of the <laughs> best shows I've ever watched. I fell in love with it, but yeah, you, um, I, I remember we, that we started that like probably like, I don't know, maybe a week after it premiered just to watch it. Cause I was like, my city was like, eh, I like this actor. I've seen him before, blah, blah, blah. Let's just try it. And it took me a couple episodes, but like by episode two or three or whatever, I was like, eh, shit's pretty good. And then they kept getting better and kept getting better. So I'm, I'm ready for more of that. Yeah. It's got to get to a point too, where some of the shit starts to catch up with him too. We're getting into season four. He's killed a lot of people. Like yeah. I'm sure season four is going to bring up some shit. Um, but still, after rewatching all three seasons, I can confidently say the best woman that he had, in my opinion, attraction wise, was Beck from season one, the blonde. She was oh man, a bombshell. I mean, yeah. a bombshell. Uh, so hot. So yeah. Mm hmm. Um, not Christmas related, but do you know what Avatar's doing? I'm just curious. Uh, it opened uh, 441 million worldwide. Um, really. Wow. Yeah, no, well, yeah, no, hold on though. A lot of people are saying that it's an underperformance. It's a larger opening than the first one, but the first one had the best legs we've probably ever seen at the box office. It would only drop like 10, 15% every week, which is like unheard of. Mm -hmm. um, they don't expect this one to do that. This one is probably more front, front loaded, but with that, and only like 130 some odd of it was US. So, over $300 million was just in the international markets, China, UK, shit like that. Uh, I am not a fan of Avatar. So if anybody's like, how do you know all these numbers? I'm a fan of the box office. Right. Me too. I, yeah. I keep track of that shit every week when new movies come out, to, especially coming out of COVID and everything. I wanted to see how the movie theaters were going to recover and whatnot. And Avatar is going to make a billion dollars. It'll make a billion dollars worldwide. But um, so it ended up being profitable. 
Um, a lot of people took James Cameron's quote when he said, oh, it needs to make $2 billion to be profitable. He was being tongue-in-cheek, and he was also including Avatar 3 because Avatar 3 is already done. So he's talking about both of them have to make, you know, like $2 billion for the studio to be happy or whatever. Well, this one's going to make over a billion worldwide. I'm sure the third one will do the same thing. So, yeah, it'll be fine. But, uh, I, you know, general rule of thumb, don't wait 13 years to make a sequel. I mean, just don't. Well, I, I wonder how long, like, I don't know how true Wikipedia is, but it said that, like, he kind of started working on this thing, like, five or six years ago. Like, he's been working on Avatar for a long time. Uh, they they filmed this years ago. Avatar 2 was filmed, dear God, I want to say two years ago, something like that, two, three years ago. Uh, so, yeah, it's been in the pipeline for a long time. And, and the third one probably won't come out for another two years, even though it's already shot. They, they have to do a bunch of VFX on it. It'll probably take two years or so till that movie comes out. So... You know, honestly, man, I hope the third one's the last one because as you and I have talked about, I just, I genuinely don't give a shit about those movies. Like if you guys like them, like awesome, more power to you. I know they're visual spectacles, but it's a story I've seen done a hundred fucking times. Uh, I don't need Pocahontas or Dances with Wolves or, you know, I, I just don't need it. Um, right. But, um, and I want to see Cameron do other shit, man. Like I, I just, he's talking about. I've got stories up to Avatar 7. I'm like, you're going to be making Avatar till you're fucking dead, bro. And then you're going to do nothing else. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, I'm over it. I, I'd like to see him do something kick-ass again. But I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that part of his career is done. Doing that kind of, like, crazy action stuff. Like, I doubt he'd ever do another True Lies or... you Did you see today he talked about wanting to reboot Terminator? I've been, I've been saying they should have been remaking Terminator since fucking Genesis, dude, because Genesis was abysmal. Uh, they need to remake it. Just start completely fresh. Yeah, I'm actually no. in favor of that. Yeah, no, same, same. And as much as I love Arnold, just, just, just stop. Like, can we just, if you, you cast somebody that, that has that cachet, start, tread your own ground now. Like, stop, stop with the, oh, we're going to bring back Linda Hamilton. We're going to bring back Arnold. And it's like, yeah, but like it's just not the same. Like the the franchise doesn't have the draw it did. Dark Fate underperformed at the box office. Genesis underperformed. Like it's just not what it used to be. And and I feel like most Terminator fans would probably be like, yeah, man, I'm ready to fucking pass the torch. It's just like Indiana Jones, dude. Like don't get me wrong, that movie's gonna make a shitload of money. But like Harrison Ford's eighty, eighty. Yeah, like, it's stupid. It's stupid. On. You know. Oh God. Yeah, Harrison's up there. I love how I love how much he hates like I don't maybe hates is a strong word, but like he I watch clips of him just like being so fucking belligerent to Star Wars fans. Like he's just so like you think John Carpenter's bad talking about Halloween. Like Harrison just like he's mean. He's just absolutely mean. Like uh, he says I don't care to the fans when they ask him questions. Like so did you shoot him first or something? He's like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Don't ask yeah. me shit. <laughs> good for him. I mean, good for him. That that fan base, I, I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm not a Star Wars fanatic, but I, but I am a fan of the movies. And um, I'm glad I'm not a fanatic of it because I know that the fanatics of that fan base, just like I am with Halloween to an extent, I get it. You know, you're very passionate about it, but that passion sometimes rides the line and crosses the line. of It's cringy. Yeah. And it's, it's just like... Cringy. 
And I've never been one of those Halloween fans either. You know, you saw those Halloween fans come out of the woodwork with Halloween ends where they were telling other people, you know, you're not a real fan. Star Wars fans do the same thing. It's like, nah, man, some people like some stuff. Some people don't. That's really all it is. It's really not that deep. Like, it's, it's just not. But, yeah, when it gets to that point of, like, cringe and stuff, I'm just like, oh, God, like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm trying to think if I watch any other Christmas stuff. Oh, um, that Joe Bigos movie. Um Christmas, bloody Christmas. Did you see it? I didn't. I I saw your thoughts on it. I saw a lot of people's thoughts on it. The, the takeaway that I've gotten from it is it's a, it's a fun time, but I have heard a lot of people complain about at points it is hard to watch. The color saturation, the lighting is can be a little much at times. Yeah. Uh it's it's also streaming too, so I wonder. I to me that didn't I didn't feel like there was any depth of field to the movie. Like everything just kind of seemed like it was in focus. So the cool thing about Joe Bigos is he he was on Charles Band's podcast and I was listening. Charles uh, Joe bought his own sixteen millimeter cameras, and he shoots his movies in sixteen. He he doesn't shoot anything. He edits digitally, like you know he transfers the movie and all the the film over to digital, but. He shoots everything in 16 and it's awesome. Uh, but I, I'd like to see the Blu-ray of it where it, like, there's no, you don't have to worry about the stream or anything. Cause every, everything I, and here's the thing. I, you can't comment on this without, or you can't say you agree or disagree with this before seeing it. I actually feel like the characters were a little bit of a satire of like of, cause he made the broad, like really like, opinionated about movies and music and stuff super specific like tarantino like there was an argument with her and her boyfriend talking about pet cemetery and why she thinks part two is better than part one and like it's very super specific over the top stuff which i found to be a little satirical but people were just like oh he's trying too hard he's trying to i personally think it was satirical but like that's something you'd have to see to make your own assessment on mm-hmm. um and he spent two and a half million dollars on the movie, and it's I on Shutter, right? It's on Shutter. Yeah, it's on Shutter, and I I feel the movie. The movie didn't look cheap, but I'm just like mm, two and a half million. That's interesting. I, if you would have told me he made it for eight hundred grand, I would have believed it. But Jeffrey Daniel Phillips is in it, and he's good. It it's really a silly, you know, nonchalant movie. Barely any plot. It's about a killer s- robot Santa. <laughs> But it's a super advanced robot Santa. So, like, you don't really get the impression it's a robot. Uh, but he's a mil- it's an ex-military oh, robot thing. Like, to- like the toy maker. Okay. All right. Yeah. But the, the story, what happened was the people who have the rights to Silent Night, Deadly Night approached him and said, hey, we want to make a remake. And he goes, okay, cool. And so they told him, hey, write a, write a treatment, write a script, whatever. Probably a treatment. I doubt they took it right write a full script. But he said he submitted what he wanted to do, which was a ex-military robot Santa movie. And they were like, No, we don't this have you seen Silent Night Deadly Night? It's not what that is. And he his response was, Yeah, they already did that movie. Like if we're gonna do it, why can't we do something different? And so they went separate ways, and another company was like, Well, we like your idea, so let's make that. And so that's how Christmas Bloody Christmas happened. I liked it, but it's r- right middle of the road. I don't think it's the best thing he's done. 
Yeah, I'll probably watch it this week. It was funny. I'm grabbing something right now. You said you were talking about Christmas stuff you'd watched, and I was like, oh, you know, I wonder if Christian has watched this classic this Christmas. Um, uh, I want to let you guys know I watched this one time. I blind bought it, um, and I watched it one time. I'll never watch it again. Um, Yeah, Christmas Vacation (laughs) 2. masterpiece this movie sucks balls like it's really bad what sucks is it it really like the national lampoon name used to mean so much Mm -hmm. uh and then it got sold this company bought it the it was an it was a dying asset so that company was literally if you look up the filmography under national lampoon in like the mid 2000s it is tons and tons of cheap shitty movies that just soiled the name and soiled it worse and worse. And National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation 2 was supposed to try to rejuvenate the brand of National Lampoon, but it did not happen that way. <laughs> the, I mean, no, look, the only way you were going to get that movie to be anything, Randy Quaid is not a leading man, guys. I, I, I like him in Christmas Vacation and the vacation movies. like his, Super his, important. Yes, very important, but the only way you were going to get that movie to work you had to bring Chevy and Beverly back. I mean, you had to. Like, there was there was just no way. Because we didn't want to follow Cousin Eddie's family and just Cousin Eddie. Like, you need the whole family. And if you're not going to have them, it's just not going to work. And it did not work. I watched it one one time, man. And uh, it sits on my shelf by itself now. And I'll never watch it again. I mean, it was just... Re- like, even the attempts at humor are so bad. Like, it's Swing not- and a miss. <laughs> it's not even funny. I'm just like, oh my god. <coughs> well, I, I implore. There's probably a lot of people that had no idea that even existed. I implore you to go on YouTube and I forget the YouTube channel, but just type in Christmas Vacation Two documentary, and there's a guy that breaks down a lot of the stuff I was mentioning about National Lampoon, the brand, and what happened, and why they kind of went away. And then if you go to the used DVD bins you might see National Lampoon's blank and it's a bunch of just trash, low budget indie films. But- I saw this in the $5 bin at Walmart like 10 years ago. And that's where I bought it. I was like, cause Christmas vacation has been my favorite Christmas movie since my buddy, uh, Todd, Tommy and Chris's dad showed it to me. Uh, cause it was his favorite when I was a kid, I'd hang out there all the time and he showed it to us when we were kids and I, I fell in love with it. And I remember seeing this in the $5 bin at Walmart years ago. And I was like, they made a second one. Oh my God. And Randy Quaid's in the cover. I was like, Oh my God, this is going to be awesome. Cause an Eddie bro. Yeah. And I was like, Holy crap. That was awful. Like it was <laughs> really bad. Yeah. I mean, so look, I, I know it's supposed to be a Christmas episode, but I'd actually like to talk about, the movies that are coming out next year because yeah i think there's a lot of cool stuff happening um yeah. yep yeah i'm just thinking of which one i want to mention first well, i mean scream, scream's coming soon yeah. it's only a few months away and it's gonna we'll be at the theater seeing it yep and christian has already made his mind up guys scream six is gonna be one of his favorites it's just gonna happen he's not gonna allow it not to be because it takes place in new york so he's already gonna walk out of the movie going i fucking loved it um yeah well i mean i'm optimistic i'm excited because for the first time i genuinely don't have an idea of what to expect yeah you feel like we're getting something a little new with scream and that's cool yeah 
But for me, man, top of my list next year is got to be Maxine. I mean, that's, I just, I cannot wait for that movie. Um, Scream is obviously there, but honestly, dude, I feel like I'm more excited for Evil Dead Rise than I am Scream at this point. Uh, yeah, and Scream's far, Scream is not my most excited film next year. Mine's actually Saw. I'm really excited to see Tobin Bell back. And Shawnee Smith. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's the thing that Saul's been missing with these last few movies is, like, it's technically a Saul movie, but, like, it's just not the same. You don't have Jigsaw. You don't have Amanda. Like, you don't... Well, now they're back. So this will feel like a legitimate return to the Saul franchise, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, well, the question is, how in the fuck are they back? It's a mid-cool, man. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it either takes place, but I, now I'm getting conflicting shit. I'm hearing it's either between one and two or between two and three. It's between those. It's gotta movies. be one or the other. Yes. So that's no but, choice. It's gotta be. Mm -hmm. How much shit and like? Don't get me wrong. I'm really excited because look, for me, you ask me why I go to see Saw. I loved the soap opera story especially as they were coming out, it was remarkable to go and see, okay, remember what happened to this guy last time? We're going to follow him, blah, blah, blah. But it's the traps, too. I'm like, you know, I, I can't wait to see, like, that close-up shot of somebody's eyes opening up, and then you see the terror in their face, and all of a sudden that little TV starts, and, you you know. I, Billy. Billy I, the puppet. Yeah. Dude, I, that's the sound of my teen. Like that's the sound of my teenage years is hearing that. Oh, blah, 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 I want to play again. Yeah. Like, dude, I, I, I remember, I remember making out with girls in the theater to those movies when I was a teenager. Yeah, man, <laughs> like, dude, yeah. every year, every year for Halloween. That, I always tell people that is my generation's Friday the Thirteenth. Like it was, it was. They kept coming out, and we yeah. went every October. And it and was that's why I hate when some people like undermine Saw and like talk about it's not the same and blah blah blah. It is exactly the same. Like it is exactly the same for us as Friday and Halloween and Nightmare were for people 30, 40 years ago. This is exactly the same because it's a recurring franchise that literally has been at the top of its game for almost two decades that keeps coming back. And it's like, so yes, it's exactly the same. And uh, yeah, no, I'm excited for it too, man. I really, I really, really am. You know, like you said, the things that you look forward to when it comes to a Saw movie. I mean, I honestly, the way they end some of these movies, some of the endings of these movies have just been like, I remember being a teenager being like, I have to wait a fucking year. Right. Like, are you kidding me? And yeah. one of my least favorite movies in the series is Saw 5. But I love the ending of Saw, I love Five. Saw Five. He gets in that fucking glass coffin and is like, "You should have listened to me. You should have got in here and trusted me." And then the walls just close in on him and break the fucking dude into. Oh, it smashes him. That was a great ending. It was, a, but you can't fault people in those moments. Like I didn't fault Strom. Fuck no, I'm not getting in that casket. You're gonna fucking kill me. Like I would have done the same thing. So that's one of my favorite characters. And I'm, I know I'm such an, I'm in such a minority. I fucking love saw five. That dude is me. If I was in that movie, I am that guy. Like everybody's an idiot. Get the F out of the way. Why aren't we doing shit about this? I know it's that piece of shit right there. I'm going to get you. Like I've never related to a character in that franchise more than him. And so I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that movie. 
but it's, yeah, yeah I, it's it's very low i think it's like people are just kind of like ah by that point it's just like uh what, what we got going on now well same I, shit. yeah but i also think part of it too for me at least was that hoffman still hadn't come into his own yet hoffman was still trying too hard to be jigsaw but you could tell he wasn't jigsaw so finally when you get to saw six and saw seven you get straight up slasher hoffman and that's what i wanted because you're not jigsaw so like Stop trying to be him and be your own version. And his own version is, I'm a little messier than Jigsaw. And I'm going to leave, like, you know, accidental clues. And I'm going to kind of step on my own toes. But if I feel like you're on my trail, I'll slit your throat. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So it's well, like. He, he was figuring, like, he was. Ba- I remember in five, though, like, he was, like, battling, you know, finishing out Kramer's plan. But he also wanted just fucking revenge. He The movie starts with the guy that killed his sister right or whatever yes, yep and he fucks that dude's world up yep you know just fucks his world up he, was, i remember he was pressing those he was pressing those things for his ha- to, to get the guillotine to stop going down and, and he didn't pressed stop. them mm-hmm. you know I, and they yeah. they talk Hoffman, about it later in the movie about how it like it was it wasn't meant to release it and it's real. like yeah and it was the same way with amanda I mean, Amanda in Saw 3, when she gets uh, Carrie in the angel trap, um, there was no, she, she passed. She got the key out of the acid. And, but I remember the first time I watched that movie, I was literally thinking before it even happened, I was like, dump the bucket, bitch. Well, yes. (laughs) Dump it. Get the acid out. But I'm thinking like, this doesn't matter though. Like those are hooked into your rib cage. Like this key for this lock around your neck isn't going to get that out of your rib cage. Like, and then she realizes that and she's like, like, fuck. And it's like, so Amanda and Hoffman were the same way. People weren't meant to win those games. And it's like, which is fuck. They got into it for the wrong reasons. They were just sadomasochists, I guess. They were psychopaths. Dude. And again, this is not something people agree with. I get it. The Conjuring is great. You will never tell me or convince me that Saw is not James Wan's greatest film. Look at what it created. It created a goddamn. It changed the world. It changed. Saw. Give it another. Give it another seven, eight years. Saw is going to become uh, the next Scream. Because right now, Scream's taking over the world. Saw is going to have its day. I guarantee it. It's too good. The ending is... Dude, you want to talk about how good the ending of Scream is or how good the opening... Are you kidding me? The ending of Saw, when that motherfucker gets up... Dude, I was like, what the fuck is happening? My parents, mm-hmm. who are dead inside, you know, they're... they. I remember their reaction to watching Saw. So my mom was like... <gasps> When he got when he got up in the bathroom, dude, it changed the world. I'll never forget. And we watched the VHS. We got we went to Blockbuster and rented the VHS tape of Saw. So that was like pretty late in the VHS life. But I remember, dude, we were like, "Holy Saw will get its day." Where people, it it's happened. It's it's don't it's something wrong. But I guarantee you, it's gonna be the next Renaissance uh, movie that generational kids will grasp onto. That'll well, be the one. Yeah, I mean, the, the first Saw's ending is still one of the most surprising endings. I feel like if you make a top 10, top 20, you know, like, holy shit there. list, it's got to be on there. Top 10 for sure. Maybe maybe not top five, but definitely top 10. Yeah, it was one of the most surprising 
things I've seen, surprising endings I've seen, because there was you had no inclination that entire movie that that guy was alive or that he had anything to do with it or anything like that. Like none. There was nothing to lead you to that conclusion. Yeah. So like when it happens, you're just like, and it's even oh god, the fucking salt in the wound is when he gets up and he just tells Adam like the key for that is in the bathtub, and it's like, why the fuck would you do that? Because like. You put us to. I think it was Amanda. I think we saw later on that put him in the bathtub, um, or it might have been John. But like, put his toe around the fucking drain plug, so like it would go down there. Like it was intentionally done, which was probably something Amanda did because she's a bitch. But like, yeah, I mean, you know, wait, wait a minute. You know, we're talking about uh, we're talking about Amanda and and Tobin Bell being back for this movie. What about Hoffman? There's no mention of it, dude. That's bullshit. I call yeah. flag on the play. Well, that's that's not to say he won't be. Um, but there's no there's been no press release about it. There's been no now I did I I, I guess I could ask the dude that I know that has, you know, that has a lot of the, the the info that he gave me about it before it started getting announced. Uh I I can ask him and see if there's any mention, but I'm pretty sure he made a tweet not long ago, you know, a few weeks or a month or so ago and was like, uh, no, as of right now, from what I know, there's no Hoffman. And I mean, though, it, it kind of does make sense. If this is between Saul 1 and Saul 2, they're gonna they're kind of trying to go back to the roots. Like, um, and, and I, I get you don't want to have too much going on. If you're like, here's all these fucking characters in one movie again, it's like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know, keep it simple. Give me John, give me Amanda. Like, let me see what happened between some of those movies because still Saul. For as brilliant as it is in many ways, it made the cardinal sin of killing off its best character three movies into the goddamn series. Because it's just... Yeah, but I mean, they didn't expect them to make fucking millions. Well, I know. We gotta do another one. Yeah, but it's funny, though, because if you watch any of these behind-the-scenes stuff on any of these Saw movies, they always say... Oh yeah, we we leave bre- breadcrumbs at the end of every movie because we kind of know where the next one's going. Like we always leave some kind of story thread hanging, and it's like, and they did that in Saw Four um, with his daughter uh, being Jeff's daughter still being in there, and like Jigsaw's recording saying like, if you ever, you know, if you kill me, basically your daughter's screwed. Like I'm the only one that can help you. Blah blah blah. So like they knew they were gonna make another one, and it's like, you dumb sons of bitches, like you. Why did they? You really? What, I I I gotta give them credit though. I think they actually did do a good job because look how much we're fans of Hoffman, and he 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 dude he flew that saw banner. I mean, I was a big and people hated him, like which is what they wanted. Like I fucking now I love Hoffman because I I've enough years have gone back. I can watch the show and be like you know. But when those movies were coming out, dude, I really wanted to sh- I wanted to shoot him. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to shoot the screen. I'm still not over how how they did uh, Donnie Wahlberg. I'm I'm still not over it. Uh, he got he got fucked. I'll never forget being in the theater for Saw Four and seeing the reveal of him standing on that ice block, and I was like, he's alive! Oh my god, I loved him in Saw Two. I was like, and I love him in Saw Three when he's beating the shit out of Amanda. He's like, you'll never be Jigsaw, you fucking bitch. I'm like, dude, this guy is so awesome, and if Rig just had patience, how many times do these motherfuckers have to go through these traps and not read between the lines when Jigsaw is saying, can you learn to let go? Can you learn to stop being against, you know, in a race against the clock? And he's like, I have to beat the clock. And 
That's my biggest Ugh. issue with four because to me it's so blatant that this guy's an idiot. He that, is. And and the traps are pretty good in four, but four is pretty low on granted, I like the Saw movies, but like it's really picking just favorites. Four, f- that's one thing about four. It does some really good stuff. I love the fact that he uh takes that like fat, crazy, like female molesting piece of shit. Son of a oh, bitch. Yeah. You know, but the, the 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 premise for his character, it's it's double it's double edged sword for me because I'm like it's so blatant. He's just saying, if you want blah 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 to happen, literally just stop. Okay, but at the same time, it, it's at the same time there are people who are gonna, are about to die. You know, and it's it's like just don't if you're not gonna save them, like that exactly. in the beginning in the house. So it's so double edged. I don't know. That's it. Just got a little far. The story for his character was like a little far fetched for me. That's my issue with four. I yeah, and and I I hear you on that. I mean, there I have I take some issues with four. I mean, I guess my biggest issue with four is why did Eric have to be collateral damage for Rig? Because Eric got out of his trap, his ankle trap, and. Like he, he got out of it. And so he should have been set free, but he wasn't set free. But Jigsaw kept him alive because he had plans for him in another game. Sure. But why did Eric have to die? Because rig failed. And I, I get it. Like if your premise is like, we're trying to teach, you know, rig a lesson. We're, we're trying to get him to learn something. It's like, yeah, but at the expense of somebody else's life that, already got out of their own trap like that always just, pissed me hey, off. that's where hoffman took over though right by four hoffman was in charge maybe if kramer was alive during that time and still maybe george yeah because I, I i hear what you're saying i'm thinking to myself who was it that got out of that whole scenario scott hoffman. three it was hoffman yeah motherfucker just stood up he was never in any actually da- any actual danger anyway you got eric matthews on a block of ice with fucking like a giant fucking pendulum above his head. Well, not, but you know what I mean? About to fucking smash him. And oh, and not to mention a chain around his neck. So as it falls, he's getting choked. And Hoffman's like, I'm tied to a chair. Oh no. Like you, I, when you go back and watch Saw 4 and you know how it ends, you watch that situation. And you're like, these two are not the fucking same, dude. No. Like you are in a chair. He's barefoot on a block of ice with a chain around his neck with a fucking rig above his head ready to smash his brain. Like, no, yeah, it's so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I agree with you, though. When those movies were coming out, I hated Hoffman. I hated him. Because as a viewer, tell me if I'm wrong here, but when you're watching the Saw movies, one of the things that, like, gets you into it, and, like, I've had arguments with people about this because it's like, I'm not defending Jigsaw. Like, he still is fucked up. But, like, say what you will. He gave you a chance. He always gave you a chance and he wanted you to learn something. Is it super fucked up? Absolutely. It's not right. He's still a fucking messed up dude, but he always gave you a chance. And the reason I hated Hoffman is because he didn't. He didn't. He, he didn't give you a chance. He wanted the only time, the only games where you had a chance when it was Hoffman is when somebody else was still involved in the games, Jill or, or John. But if it was a Hoffman game, that he was overseeing, you're fucked. Yeah. And it's just like, it was, it, ah, that's why I hated him. I was like, you fucking asshole. Some of these people really do want to change and really want a second lease on life and you just won't give it to them. And that's messed up. Yep. Yeah. 
man, he's such a great character. Uh, uh, what Toby Bell's character, uh, John Kramer, such a good fucking character. I remember one of my favorite moments is like when Jill is like having a flashback to see as she's at her hospital, her methadone clinic. And uh, she has that flashback of John in the office and he just like he's talking to her and she's just like, it takes time. We got to we got to try this. And all of a sudden, John Kramer, who's always just really low pitch, he's like, you know, just wake the fuck up. You know, these people have no value for their lives. And it's just like, God damn, dude, he makes the whole movie. And then dude, the whole thing about the insurance agency stuff in six. I remember. Even as, as like a 17, 16-year-old kid, however old that was, I was in 2009, I just remember saying to myself, like, God damn, this seems like this is going against the grain right now. Like, mm-hmm. But it was so good. It was so good. And how they the, – the kid is like, fuck you, dude. You killed my dad. Like, you didn't want to – you didn't want to pay for his, like, you know, his surgery or whatever he had. He, yeah. he flipped <laughs> that breaker like a – he didn't give a fuck and which which was hard for me when i and i like six a lot it's what it's definitely one of the better ones but so i do good. i do feel like that guy did come out of his game changed and i do feel like he did a lot throughout his game to try to save the people and so like i i did feel bad that for him a little bit that the kid made that decision also because like at the end of the day man he's just a puppet He's a pawn in the insurance industry's game, you know, like it's his job. You might want to blame him for the decisions he makes, but he has, I mean, he has to, I mean, like the bottom line's the bottom line. If he doesn't do it, they'll replace him with someone else. But then again, you could say, Whoa, don't get in that line of work. Sure. Absolutely. You know, he still was a piece of shit for not caring about doing that to people. But like that movie just calls out the fucking corrupt health insurance industry in this fucking country and it's it's just spot on it's like i'll tell you right now dude so when i graduated nursing school i started working in a retirement home for a little while hated it i ended up i just hated being a nurse which is why i stopped doing it uh but i worked in a drug rehabilitation facility obviously i'm not going to say the name on here but when I say the number one criteria when accepting patients is seeing if they have health insurance, that's that's it. Unless you have the money to afford to live longer. Well, sorry, dude. You know, maybe you don't get to live as long as everybody else. And, you know, I don't know. So, yeah, we got Saw coming up. Yeah. So um, I'm excited about that. Scream. I'm excited for that, I guess. I'm just, I'm going to see it. I can't say I'm excited. What, what does that mean when I'm excited? Like, am I, am I doing something every day in anticipation for it? Like, no. You were excited for Halloween ends. It's like that, you know. I was excited for Halloween ends. I enjoy the journey for that. Because I know that it doesn't happen that often. And, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, to me, Scream is not as cool as Halloween. So, uh, you know, um, Evil Dead's coming this year, which is great. Evil Dead Rise. Um, I can't imagine that's going to be bad. No, no, they they're batting a thousand. They had they haven't missed yet. I mean, you know what I mean, just, yeah. I I try to tell people that sometimes it's like most people agree with that sentiment, but yeah, that's one of those franchises where even the TV show Ass versus Evil Dead, like I can't look at anything they've done and be like, oh, they missed with that one. No, they're all solid. So, so that'll be exciting. I'm ready for that. Who directed that? 
Lee Cronin. Who the fuck is that? He made a movie called The Hole in the Ground, which is why Sam Raimi handpicked him. Uh, I haven't seen it, but Sam Raimi loved that movie. And he was like, I want you. It was actually Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. They picked, they handpicked the, this director. So. Okay. I trust <clears throat> Sam. I mean, you've seen the images they're releasing. They look good, man. They I saw, look good. Yeah, I saw a picture of some creepy looking broad with her eyes, like, you know, looking at the camera. And I was like, oh, mm -hmm. shit, that's creepy. Mm -hmm. You know, when Maxine, Maxine, I, I got to be honest with you, Maxine, I'm almost wondering, like, Christian, you need to temper yourself. Maybe this won't be the best one. It'll know? be the best one. It's going to be the best one. I think it'll be the most aesthetically cool for the audience, too. Dude, the soundtrack's going to be killer, too. I say, yeah, I hope it's not too basic, though. Like, I don't get me wrong. I was really excited that. And look, I mean, look, I get it. Blue Oyster Cult was a massive band. I mean, they they literally there was a time where every band you can think of opened for them. Kiss, uh, Rush, because like, the Blue Oyster Cult was on top of the world in the late 70s. But they didn't hold that. And they have a few hits that people know. And I was just thinking to myself, damn it, like. I'm a nerd. I'm a Blue Oyster Cult nerd. I, 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 I know every song that they've ever put out. And the, when I was watching Pearl, there was a ton of different Blue Oyster Cult songs that would have fit perfectly with the scene. And I was talking to Lauren, me and Lauren are big fans. And I was like, which song? I, I would have put, uh, you know, Valley of blah, blah, blah in it right there. And he's like, oh, I would have done Moon Crazy from Mirrors, blah, blah, blah. Because the lyrics and stuff would have fit it so well, like literally fit the movie well. So we were nerding out about that. And I was thinking to myself, you know, it's to me, I feel like what's his face? The director would have been cool enough to do that and be like, no, no, I don't, I don't want to use the hit song. I want to use this song, like the, the way we're thinking. And he didn't do that. Don't get me wrong. As a blue oyster cult fan, anytime I can hear their music in a movie, I'm just like, thank God. Like, finally but well dude honestly with the with what x was going for and the theme of x although it is another one of their hits i honestly think with the theme of x burning for you might have worked better in that scene like yeah, couldn't have it's 1981 oh yeah you're right fuck the movie well, took place in 70 yeah you're right you're right the movie took place in 77 right Yes. 77. Mm -hmm. And so Don't Fear was 76. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, maybe he was just keeping it accurate. You know, I, I get that. It, that song in 77 probably would have been the fucking song. So, like, oh, without question. Yeah. Dude, without question. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I always ask my dad about stuff. Like, when there's stuff that I'm enamored with, I was like, Dad, so, like, do you remember when Don't Fear the Reaper came out and stuff? And he goes, Oh, when I say it was the biggest song. But the thing I love about it is it's a cool song. It's not one of those songs where you listen to and it's just like, you know, uh, it's just like a hit. It's like kind of like teeny boppish. Not that there was a lot of stuff from the 70s that was, but like Don't Fear the Reaper is such a creepy, cool song. When I'm sad, it makes me feel happy. When I'm happy, it makes me feel sad. It's just this transcend. It's literally one of the greatest songs ever written. I'm such well, you, a Blue Oyster Cult fanatic. Th there's a there's a band that has a lot of songs like that for me that have just never done it for me. Uh, like a lot of people have, and I go back and I listen to some of these songs, and I just I just don't see the appeal. And that's the Beatles. I just 
I don't know. They have some songs that I, I really do enjoy. Uh, I think one of my favorites of theirs is Hey Jude. Uh, I, I really, really enjoy that song. But like, man, that's a band that everybody talks about. Everybody rants and raves about. And I just go back and listen to it. And I'm like, sonically, this is just, it just doesn't seem groundbreaking to me. Like, I just don't understand why. It was though. They, they, I hear you. I hear you. But they really, <laughs> they really kind of like set the blueprint for the, for the, the song as we kind of know it. And and yeah, maybe that's true. And I didn't live through that era, but like, it, it's not even just that. It's just like I just I don't know. It's, it's you don't never, connect with it. You don't yeah. connect with it. I feel and, you. I I'm a big Paul McCartney fan. I I love his career. I loved his stuff with the Wings, and I love his solo stuff, especially in the mid to late '80s. He put out some good shit. But uh, I'm a Stones guy. I'm a I'm a Iggy and the Stooges guy. Alice Cooper guy. Sydney is a it's funny because Sydney's a big Beatles fan. And I always say, Sydney, like, does it kind of annoy you when like you're a genuine, really, really big fan of something that's a brand and where people just wear Beatles shirts, but they probably can't name a song from it. Mm -hmm. And and she's like, no, why would that annoy me? Because like, it was it would annoy me. Yeah, it annoyed me. It would annoy me Mm -hmm. like. That's how I was with Metallica. Like Metallica was my favorite band growing up. And uh, like, I get it. People are like, you know, Metallica has been memed to death because Kirk Hammett and his Wawa and James Hetfield with his, like, I I get it. But like what they were doing for thrash metal was a big deal. And like, and that can't be denied. Like people, they want to talk about the Black Album and stuff like that. Like, go back and listen to Kill Em All and Ride the Lightning and shit. Like, those records for thrash metal, that's some of, like, the best thrash metal records ever. Like, they're just so good. And, like, and it would piss me off in high school when I'd see kids walking around with fucking Metallica shirts. It was always the same fucking shirts. Master of Puppets. I'm like, Matt, yeah, it's a great fucking record, but you probably literally only know Master of Puppets. And, like, you don't appreciate and respect the band for like the shit they did. And it's like, it's yeah, they're meme to death now, but like they're one of the highest selling artists ever for a reason. Like they, they were very important to thrash metal. Like there's a lot of people, there's an infighting in the, in the thrash metal, you know, forums and shit of Megadeth versus Metallica. And it's like musically Megadeth is more intricate than Metallica. But like sonically, like listening to it, I just think that Metallica is far more enjoyable to listen to, like far more enjoyable. But Dave Mustaine is 10 times the guitar player Kirk Hammett could ever dream to be. And and I, you know, I wouldn't take that away from But him. that just goes to show you, though, doesn't that, doesn't that go to show you something, though? It's not always, like, guess what? Guess who's guess who's still more popular than Dave Mustaine and couldn't even play the guitar? I mean this with all due respect. He could. He was not a good guitar player at all, but he could write good songs. Was Kurt fucking Cobain? Yeah, you know yeah. that just goes to show you, dude. It's not always about the talent. Well, Dave now, didn't. Dave didn't have the face. He didn't have the voice. He just didn't have that frontman persona. It I like. It's like it's funny because I'm a big Megadeth fan. Like some of their stuff, like Holy Wars, is some of the most insanely written stuff I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, and it's great. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm an Anthrax guy. Like I like Metallica. I I'm a big I'm a big fan of Megadeth, but like I'm an Anthrax. To me, Anthrax is always like the Simpsons of the thrash metal because they had a sense of humor. They had funny songs. I love Anthrax. I could I fucking don't like Slayer at all. I don't like neither do I. Slayer. I fucking hate Slayer. It dude. just all of it sounds like shit. It's to a me. barrage of shit. It's just like blah, blah, blah. there's yeah. no bass guitar in the mix no. at all because Tom Mariah can't play. 
He can't fucking play. I dare you to watch. I know you know. I, I don't know if you play guitar, but like I, I'm telling you, watch. If you watch them play Rain and Blood, he's like the guitar stuff is insane. He's not doing any of it. He's just strumming the open E the 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 whole song. I am not a Slayer fan. I like Tom Arai as a person. He's like this really lovable, nice guy. Kerry King's an asshole. They kicked out the greatest drummer twice, or they they lied to him. Dave Lombardo, I'm talking about, greatest yep. drummer ever. I and after Jeff Hanneman passed, I oh god. You know what's funny is um on the Repentless record, which is such an insane album cover, it's literally like Jesus with the crown of thorns, <laughs> and he's bleeding profusely on the front. Uh, Darren Miller's wife, uh, Felissa Rose, she directed the video <laughs> for Repentless. Jesus. <laughs> <clears throat> Alyssa Rose directed Slayer for a music video. No, I mean, <laughs> gee, I did not know that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I was really happy to hear you say you don't like Slayer because I do not like them at all. At all. I think I just, They're, I know we have listeners right now. We have some listeners that are like, gee, oh, I can't stand this. I fucking love Slayer. It's like, guys, I get it. I get it. Look, I just, yeah. I, like I said, I'm I'm the I'm an Anthrax guy through and through. I fucking love Anthrax. I think you get the best of both worlds. They've got some great serious shit. They're all very talented. Frank Bello is a monster on bass. Um, but Metallica they reach the people. Whether I like it, like to admit it or not, I'm a, I like Metallica. I'm not a massive massive fan. But to deny that they're the band that clearly reaches people because they connect with the music, it's not a it's not. It's not up for debate. It's the numbers don't lie. The well, black yeah, album. So the black album. Mm -hmm. J, what, what's his face? Jason Newstead said like a few years ago when he was interviewed, he said the black album still sells a thousand records a week. Yeah, no, it's insane. It's one of the highest selling albums of all time. And yep. it's uh, yeah, Metallica. I think that's because Metallica's peaks, their highs are higher than their competition. Like they, they have a lot no of question. Middle a lot of middling shit that's not very good there you know it, metallica does but like the the albums and just some of the songs on them i mean master of puppets is one of the most well-known metal songs ever like it's just like shit like that like they and they've got on every album they have one or two songs that you you when you hear it you're like that's gonna be in rotation for a hundred years and it just fucking is like it just is yeah i really liked it's funny dude because i I know you like St. Anger. I'm not a fan. To me, that's the only, like, when the, to me, just hearing Metallica trying to be trendy, just, they're so groundbreaking. To me, it was just criminal. But I know you like it. And I respect that. I hated the album after that. There's a lot of shit on St. Anger, man. There, re there really is. There's, I, I shouldn't say that I like St. Anger as a whole. I like a few songs on St. Anger. They really stand out. I, I really like the, the title track, St. Anger. I love Some Kind of Monster. Part of that is because of the documentary, Some Kind of Monster, which I own. It's that shit's fight. embarrassing. I can't believe they did that. Seeing well, James and Lars fight like that? Honestly, though, like, honestly, I appreciated it, too, because it was something that the fan base had talked about for years, like at shows, at VIP meet and greets. Like, people were saying, there's fucking tension here. Like, it's obvious there's tension here. So, like, you might as well put it out there. You might as well show the dark side of yourself, too, and be like, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're... And there was a there was a documentary. I'm gonna get shit for this from fucking Dave Vanderhoff because he makes jokes about it all the time. But like when I was a kid, I loved the fucking Backstreet Boys, dude. They were they were on top of the world in the '90s, and they put out a documentary in the 2013, and I watched it. And you get to see some of the same shit. Some of the members while they're in the recording process, cussing each other out and like personally attacking each other and shit. And it's like 
it's not all sunshine and rainbows, no matter how much money you make together. Like, dude, the whole thing. I just love how good Jason Newstead looked in that. He stood his ground. He did a side project. And James was a being was being a cocksucker about it. I don't know how else mm-hmm. to put it. And it's like, it's sad try, if Cliff Burton he, never died, they, it, he would they would have never replaced him. I mean, yeah, well, that guy was a monster. You know? Yeah, yeah. I like Robert too because I like suicidal tendencies, and he's super talented. There's no denying it. But he's such dude, a chill dude too. He's so nice. Newstead was a fucking. He just. I like the way he played because I'm a big Motorhead fan and I love the, the bass players that attack their fucking bass with a pick. Not pop punk, uh, that little jabroni from Fallout Boy. That actually, Pete, Pete Wentz. He, play, he acts like he's playing guitar and bass. Just play the fucking guitar. Yeah. Newstead was just... Mm-hmm. And that's how Lemmy played. Like Lemmy just attacks the bass with the pick. And I, I adopted that too because I was such a big fan of those guys. Now, say what you will about too. James Hetfield. He's not the biggest asshole in the band. It's Lars Ulrich. Lars Ulrich is the biggest asshole in that band. And it's he's just a little shrimp. Yeah, fucker, which is dude. probably why he's such a dick. Like he's he's a dick, man. Like, and it's it's funny too, because like guys, I do believe Kirk Hammett is a very talented guitarist. Make the Wawa jokes all you want. I do believe James Hetfield is a very talented vocalist. Uh the Lars, I mean, like there, there's not a ton of like super intricate drum <laughs> drumming in, in Metallica. Like there's really not like Lars is probably the most replaceable and he's the biggest asshole. Like, yeah, but you can't replace him. Like, I know, some, like, you know, <laughs> I well, especially when you look at the big fours competition, like I said, I know Dave, Dave Lombardo was so talented. It was, it was, it, it, it looked like you were watching an alien play. Charlie Benante is playing on that Pantera union reunion for a reason. Cause he's, he's the man, one of the best drummers in, in thrash. Uh, even even the bands that aren't part of the big four, like Testament's drummer, is a is a just the devil. You know these guys are super talented, and Lars is just this little punk shrimp. Uh, you know, but I'll say this about Lars, man: you can sing some of his beats. Like he 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 he. You know, it, it's the same thing with Kurt Cobain, man. You know, mm-hmm. he may not be the best, but something about Lars, <laughs> people when they hear him play, you know, it's Lars. You know, but I, yeah. I agree. He's a shrimp little bastard. And-, and and the fact that these guys are still doing it in their 60s, too. I mean, their 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 most recent single, Lux Eterna, was fucking awesome. I dug the shit out of that song. And uh, I didn't yeah. like that. It was good. It's a good song, but the production is so refined sounding. I wish that that's the problem with music for me nowadays. Everything sounds so computerized and digital and just, oh. God, well, I, I will say though, their last album, Hardwired, was fucking awesome. I, I they really, won me back. That's what I was trying yeah. to get at earlier. Then I went off on a tangent, but Hardwired won me back because didn't like Saint Anger. I'll never forget my uncle getting it opening day, and just I remember watching his deflation, listening to it. But then the one that came out after that, Death, Death Magnetic. Magnetic. Mm-hmm. Nothing. What what big songs were on that record? It Name is their one. it is their mo- what the day that never comes. Uh, that's that's the one that really stood out on that album. But that is their well, Cyanide was really popular on the radio, but I'm not a big fan of that song. Flash in a pan though, it, it went yeah. away. Yeah, no, Moth into Flame, I think, is one of their best songs ever. Oh my God, Moth into Flame, uh, Halo on Fire, Atlas Rise. There's some great songs on Hardwired that are just like, um, uh, I, oh God, I, lo- I, I love that album, but yeah, Death Magnetic is their most overproduced album ever. 
Like it is just, you listen to it and you're like, is this even metal? Like it, yeah. there's a song on there that I can't stand that I've never been able to stand all nightmare long. I fucking hate that song. It Great is title though. It is, Same. but I fucking hate that song. See, it sounds like an Avenged Sevenfold title. Yeah, well, I was going to get into that, too, because I love Avenged Sevenfold, and their drummer before he died, Jimmy Sullivan, the Rev, was an amazing drummer. Amazing. That, yeah. that dude was so good. Um, and then they got the dude uh, to finish that album, Nightmare, the dude from Dream Theater. What's his name? The drummer from Dream Theater? Uh, Mike Portnoy? Mike Portnoy. Yeah, he's a phenomenal drummer. But the, the funny thing behind the scenes is they recorded the album they finished with him because they had only recorded a few songs with Jimmy and then they go out on tour with it. And I remember the fallout from all of it. Mike thought he was in the band and they like had to like meet with him and be like, you're not in the band, dude. You're just a placeholder. We had to finish the record. Like we had a deadline we had to meet. Basically we're in the process of trying to find a drummer. And there was this falling out with them where Mike Portnoy was basically like, I'm better than you guys. I don't have to fucking subject myself to this bullshit. And it's like, but you wanted to be in the band and then you got mad when they were like, you're not in the band actually. Um, yeah, he, he went on to do this winery dogs project with, with a uh, Billy Sheehan thinks his name from a uh, super talented guy. But I remember he had some problems and he left dream theater. He was arguing with some of them. I think he's trying to get back in the dream theater though. I, heard, I remember reading something about that, but that's my buddy Phil's favorite band of all time is Dream Theater. I never really listened to him. Never really got into him at all. I don't like math rock. Yeah. Yeah. That prog shit. Mm -hmm. That's super. I don't know, dude. Give me. I'm old school, dude. I'm Blue Oyster Cult. Alice Cooper is my favorite of all time. You know, I just like a good song. Give yeah. me a mean. Just give me a song that's got a mean streak and kick ass riffs, man. I just like some. I just. That, that's my style. You know, yeah. like Motorhead. Alice Cooper, Blue Oyster. I love 70s shit, dude. I mean, the Aerosmith was way better when they were on drugs. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I yeah, love yeah, yeah. I love Pump and I love Permanent Vacation. But, I mean, listen to Love in an Elevator, then go back and listen to anything from Toys in the Attic. Like, that was a band like that was just on such a musical. They were just in the moment when you listen to that shit. But they were on drugs. So yeah, what are you going to do? <laughs> corn was better. Corn was better when they didn't believe in God like that. I have, I, I always say it to my band. They're like, uh, when, when head returned back to the band and stuff, I was like, yeah, that's cool. But I mean, man, when they, when, when they all were like doing drugs and they didn't believe in God, they were so much better. Like, I'm sorry. Like now they're all Christian and <laughs> sober, that's one of which I mean, is that... good, which is good. But yeah, dude, it's follow one... the leader. Like that was a dangerous fucking band in 1999. Go watch that Woodstock footage. Dude, it was like people died well, in that yeah. crowd, dude. I mean, one of what one of my favorite bands that I don't feel people talk about enough. I've always loved the cars. I fucking love the cars. Well, they're great. That's the band you listen to, dude. Like when you don't know what to listen to. It's summertime so music. Many, I love like, it in the summer. The cars are great. I love the cars. I listen to them yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's but no, stuff. I mean. We're talking about like movies for next year. I kind of want to get your opinion on this because we've talked about it a little bit, like the previous movies and like our overall thoughts. One movie that I feel like keeps getting lost in all of the movies that are coming out because next year again is shaping up to be a damn good year in horror is Insidious Chapter Five. Man, I 
I believe we have both agreed that there isn't a weak movie out of the four. Like they're all pretty Ooh. solid. And then you got PG 13. Um, cause the first one is if the first one is, then they all are. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, the reason I ask is because like, this is like kind of going back to where it all started. Like the, the last two kind of went on their own tangents. I really liked the fourth one with the keyhole demon. I, I, I really dug that one. Me at too. least, at least his backstory was cool. But like this one's going back to uh, Patrick Wilson's family again. Like he's back. The kid is back. Rose Burns back. It's 10 years later. He's going off. Their son's going off to college. He's directing it too. It's his directorial debut. Like good for him. I think this is really setting up to be a like, like I said, it's another franchise that I feel like even the worst one is still pretty decent. So, like, I feel like we should probably be talking about it more as horror fans that, like, it's got the potential to be really good. Everybody back from the first movie, which I feel like is undoubtedly the best. So, like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited for it. I am, too. But, you know, you say that and I, I wouldn't argue with you because I, I remember being in the theater for Insidious, but I really like the Lin Shay saga of those movies too. Like I mm-hmm. really liked the last key. I, I remember when I bought that, I was like sitting, I'll just get it. You know, it's probably not any good. And we were like, was that your favorite one? And she was like, I think so. Like, so mm-hmm. like I'm down. If Lynch is Lin Shay in it. I haven't said yes or no. I'm going to go ahead and say, yes, she's been in all of them. So, I was going to yeah. say, dude, like she's my favorite part of those movies. Yeah. I love her. So, I'm down. I'm down to. Uh, I like two. I like the third one. The third one I thought was fucking great. The only I love those I... movies. I, I like Insidious more than The Conjuring. I really do. Like I had such a good time watching those Insidious films. I really did. Like I yeah. love Lin Shay so much. I was bummed, man. I was really bummed. Like I gave The Conjuring three a good review because I feel like it is a good movie, objectively speaking. But it was the first of the three Conjuring movies that didn't scare me at all, and that sucks, man. Because like the first one, that whole final act. I mean, there's so much in the first Conjuring that shouldn't even be scary, and it fucking is. And that's because it's James Wan. Like, did just some of the dialogue is creepy. Some of the like, there's just. There's a fucking scene in The Conjuring where, like, literally the the pictures fall off the wall and slam so goddamn loud. And when you're in a theater and that happens out of nowhere, you're like, oh, fuck. Like, there's a scene where the dad's walking around at night and the door is, like, swinging and he thinks that, like, holy shit, someone come in. It's just a window open. And he walks around and the daughter's just standing atop of the steps. And it made me jump when I saw There's so much in that movie that is just so craft, like, crafted perfectly. And the second one has creepy moments too. And then the third one, although I feel like the third one is probably the best uh, Patrick Wilson, Vera Farmiga story because it's a lot about them and I think they're awesome in it. It just wasn't scary at all. Like there was not a moment in that movie that I was like, I felt any real tension. Yeah. I think that there was a good movie there, but it didn't, it lacked the flair of that. I always said like it needed James Wan. It needed James Wan without a shadow of a doubt. It's like everything, everything James Wan does. He creates like these really cool stuff, hands it off to people and they don't fumble it, but they never 
get as far as he did and make it as maybe there maybe there's an instance or two there where he where that's not the case but no 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 you're right you're absolutely right i mean you know look, I mean? At the, look at the franchises he has created what are the best saw movies most people would say one two and three the ones where james wan was the most involved he was no longer really he was an executive producer after that it started to show less of his hand in the pie and some of the movies weren't very good or they were just okay the Conjuring, one and two. The two best, the third one, and then all the universe movies. Annabelle Creation's really good. Like, most of them it's are just like... the best one, dude. It's awesome. I, I, I love I, Creation. I can't tell you how great that was to see that in theaters because I hated the first one. And I and my buddy Dave and I, we were still living together at the time, and I was like, we'll give this one a shot. We'll go see it in the theater, you know, it's summertime movie. Get and that's what, it's the best feeling in the world to walk Damn. out of a movie theater and be like, they saved it. They literally saved this. That's awesome. Like, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I hope they do that with The Nun. I hope they do that with the sequel to The Nun because there's a lot about The Nun I really liked. I like Taisa Farmiga in the, in the lead. I liked the gothic atmosphere and setting. I thought that Abby was just gorgeous to be in and to look at, but it wasn't scary. It, was, they, it just wasn't scary. No. So I, I really hope they redeem it with the second one. Although I will say... There's a moment in The Nun where I, when I was in the theater, I thought was genuinely incredible. And it was when she put the fucking blood of Christ in her mouth and spit it on Valak's face. I was like, that's fucking awesome. Right. That, that was awesome. Like, you have the blood of Christ. and you're just, That's awesome. There's zero reason it's it, it, it can't be good. Like, that movie can't be good. I, I think most people are just like, dude, the, the, it was such a good character. And then the movie just really didn't do anything with it. Like, it... You know, I even me at the time, this was my era. And I, I, I've talked about this before. This was my era where I was just saying everything was good because I was, oh, it wasn't that bad, blah, blah, blah. And even that movie for me at the time I was just like, God damn, man. I just, I didn't feel anything watching this. So I, I, I but it made a shit ton of money. So, but why now? Like, I feel like that movie came out well before COVID happened. Yeah, it came like, out in uh, 2018, September of 2018. Oh, I, I guess I guess maybe that's a pretty close call then. I, know, I mean, it's by the time this one comes out, it'll be five years. Um, but I agree. I I think the reason was they wanted a reset with the series in a way. Like some of the universe movies weren't doing as well, um, critically at least. And it was kind of like, okay, we don't want to lose this franchise while you know while it's it's still hot so like let's not let this go off the rails and i feel like they had to have some meetings at warner brothers and be like what are we gonna do here because right. we did we did la llorona it didn't get good reviews it didn't make a ton of money it, it made well it made good money for its budget and everything but it wasn't like what the nun did or the conjuring movies did so then they kind of brought it back to basics and they were like let's do a mainline conjuring movie Let's get another Conjuring movie out there. And that made, in the middle of COVID and on HBO Max, same day, made over $200 million. So they're like, really? okay. Yeah, made $204 million. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, so it, it, this is like one of those, the Conjuring universe is one of those universes that's pretty much critic-proof. Like, it's still going to make money. But they want these to be three, $400 million movies. And um, like The Nun was, like The Conjuring movies were. And you weren't seeing that anymore. You know, Annabelle comes home was fun, but it's not great. And it made, it didn't make as much. And the curse of La Llorona didn't make as much. So they started to get worried, I think. And it was like, well, what's a character that made a shitload of money. And they're like the nun, let's just make another nun movie. But I think they really wanted to have a good story. 
because they hurt a lot of people after that movie. It was like you fumbled that shit hard, dude. Like, what's the best scene in The Conjuring 2? It is 100% the office scene with Lorraine and Valak. The shadow going along the wall, fucking eyes go up on the portrait, and then the hands come around. Like, that's like the most effective scene in that movie. Yeah. And you fumble that character? Like, how? How? It was a fucking awesome character. Like, I don't know. So that's coming out this year? Yeah, I believe that's uh, it's either June or September. It's this summer. It'll be out this summer. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, it's a great character. There's only... I will say, man, the, the Nun, for as, as much as it didn't hit so, at some points for me, the opening of that movie is incredible. Where, where the, the, the Nun is like where Valak is slowly coming down the hallway and like the fucking candor is getting blown out slowly. And like, you see the fucking nun coming and she just hangs herself out the window. Right. That was an awesome atmospheric opening. And it just never reached that height again in the entire movie. Um, so that one's coming out this year. And they're also now officially in active development with conjuring Four. Patrick and Vera are back. They announced a writer, and I think they announced a director too. I think it's the same guy from the conjuring three, which kind of bums me out because Look, if that's the case, James Wan better visit set a couple. Well, he, days. <laughs> he just needs to get some style. Like yeah. he just—it's like he shot it like it's almost like he shot it like John Carpenter. It was just very basic. And let's face it, baby, like not everybody can get away with that. No, but like John, John just had that X factor because that was his thing. Like he he let the actors. He had him in frame. They acted. They said their lines. There wasn't these cuts. He wasn't doing the reverse camera from underneath the bed shit. Like John would never do anything like that. He'd be like, that's too much work. But that John made it work for him. And it just, that became his palette. But it just seems like it, if anybody else does that, it's just like, oh man. Dude, it's not even just, it's like, that is a huge component of it. But one of the main reasons I think that James Wan is as good as he is is his visuals too, man. Like his oh, yeah. Bathsheba in the first movie is fucking terrifying to look at. Like when she's on top of the fucking armoire and like the camera shows her and she's she like, jumps down. <laughs> she's like taking yeah. her tongue out, like just jumps down. I'm like, oh Jesus Christ. And like Mary Shaw in Dead Silence is just like terrifying to look at. Like he the his visuals like they just kind of stick in your head like that's why so many people were obsessed with the fucking crooked man after the conjuring 2 because that visual was just so unique and it's like there wasn't anything like that in the conjuring 3 nothing you need to you need to watch ghost watch because it's crazy how it's that 90s bbc it's really a found footage movie i guess because it's through the lens of a of a news broadcast that they're filming it's the conjuring 2 the same thing is it that story it's the two girls and the mom yeah and they're in their little uh apartment thing and they're dealing with a poltergeist in the house you know it's 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 so close to the conjuring too i think Hmm. it is a documentary and there's a lot of filmmakers you would have known that they're all obsessed with the, the ghost watch they were like oh i saw this back in the 90s when it happened i thought it was real and so I think Ghostwatch inspired a lot of people, and I'm pretty sure Ghostwatch inspired The Conjuring too. I say that in a loving way, not like a oh it's bullshit, but it's so close. The story is very similar. So 
it's just crazy. I wish I had seen Ghostwatch years ago, but it, you know, I, I saw it now. But um, that that's what The Conjuring Two is, which makes me like The Conjuring Two more. I already liked it more than one, but yeah, it's no, it's my favorite Conjuring movie. But I I, I will maintain that the first one is scarier because that is just. Dude, I, I cannot tell you. <laughs> I can't tell you what that theater experience was like. I mean, I am I am someone that does not scare easy. I'm, I really don't. And I was sitting in that theater in that third act when all that shit was going down. And I'm there with my buddy Dave, his girlfriend, and my girlfriend at the time. And we're sitting there. And like at one point, I'm literally like this. Like I'm kind of slouched in my chair. And I'm kind of like... Like hand up near my face, like because like I kind of wanted to cover, but like I didn't do it. But like it was like this, and I like looked over at him at one point, and I was like, "Bro, this is not good." Like I like it's fucking freaking me out. And like movies just don't do that to me. Like there's the Ring did that the first time I saw the Ring. Um, the Exorcist did that when I was a kid. The Conjuring in theaters, but like yeah, I mean there's just I still get goosebumps uh at some of the parts when i watch the conjuring they're just they're just that good like the the hide and clap sequence when the hands just come up right next to her face in theaters dude i was like fuck this man like i always found the 70s to just be inherently more creepy than like anything from the eight like the 80s aesthetic there's something about the 70s everything was wood and you know dark and there's something creepier about the seventies, which I think is a big aid Dude, in the conjuring you, as well. Can you imagine being that dad? Can you imagine what, like you just go down there? Like, Oh yeah. These fucking boards fell out of the wall. Oh, looks like we have a cellar. I'm gonna go check it out. Fuck that. No way in hell. He's got to be strong for his wife and his kids, man. <laughs> I mean, I get it, but you know what I mean? That moment is so funny, too, in the middle of the night when she's walking around the house. She's like, if there's anyone in here, I'm locking you down here. The fucking door shuts on her. She falls down the steps. I mm. mean, oh, that it's pure nightmare fuel. Like, I don't care what you think about those movies. That is pure nightmare fuel to have that happen and then to be stuck in the middle of the night in a cellar. And you're like, I'm locked in here by myself. Something just pushed me down the fucking steps. Like, no dude no it's nightmare fuel like yeah i i don't i hear you for me the demon stuff it, it, i i'm sure what you mean like what scared you was like the the, the scenarios and stuff like that was great well the, the demonic as a whole yeah because i am christian like i was raised that way i believe that stuff yeah. so i am too but that stuff well i say that there are days where i say to myself you when you die you die <laughs> it just depends on how 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 pissed off i am that day i feel but, you what really got me was the strangers. Cause that shit's real. Yeah. That fucked me in the theaters. I, that was, I was 16 in 2008, I think. And I saw that shit. And when you see that motherfucker in the back, no music playing. Finally, there's a sequence where they, there's no music. Cause that sometimes is the scariest part. And he's just in the back and the silence was fucking deafening. People were gasping in the theater. Dude, the strangers fucked me. That dude, it, it's it. it's not even just that too. You're absolutely right with that. It's not even just that. I'm taking you guys to my fridge um, with me. It's not even just that though. It is also the um, the strangers is one of those movies that you go back and you rewatch it now and you notice so much that you didn't notice the first time. Like 
so many times the strangers are literally out in the fucking open and you didn't even realize it. Like, or they're, you know, at, you're, you're in a, it's a kitchen shot and out in the wind, outside the window, you see some shit yeah. or you see someone in the background in the woods. And it's like the, they never, they didn't pay, they didn't pay much attention to it while it was happening. But like you go back and watch it. It's just one of those movies that you find so much in. And I just, I, I fucking, I love that. By the way, there's a, there's a couch in my, uh, in my kitchen that I have to get rid of. So if you guys, if you guys saw that couch, I'm burning that bitch. I'm burning that bitch this week. Um, but yeah, no, the strangers, I think that's why Halloween was so effective. That's what my mom told me from the seventies. Cause she saw it in theaters and she was a babysitter and she was like, everybody. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. She was like, everybody was a babysitter. If you were a teenager, you were a babysitter and this dude killed babysitters. That's real. Like, you know, I think that's why nightmare on Elm street fucked with me as a kid. Cause I was like, I have to dream. Like I, I have to dream that I can't even help it. I woke yeah. up from a dream today. I was taking a nap. I woke up saying no. I don't even know why. I woke myself up saying no. So like I don't remember what the dream was, but yeah, it's just like certain shit. Can't get away from it, man. Like it's I'm back in my I'm back in my I knew this would happen. I'm not watching the Halloween movies right now, but I'm back in my I got to give my respect. So my original 78 posters back up above my TV. I, I took so. it I took it down for a while and then I put up Rob Zombie's H2 uh Halloween 2 the original Halloween 2 I had up there for a while and then I got I, said, oh, I don't want to see it. Halloween 3 never ever moves. But that's an original poster. So I just thought of, you know as the gift that Sydney got me when we started dating I, I always keep that up but I went through uh some Friday the 13th films then I put up uh a Hammer movie poster up there and probably about a week ago I was doing something and i was just like i it i always get halloween it's not halloween fever but i'm oh i get okay with the movies again and i'm like no I, I i joke around but yeah the original yeah it's it's great so now i got my original back up and so i got that uh, that'll probably stay up here for a while once yeah. halloween is over christian's like i'm cool with halloween on second thought you know you know what's crazy to me the halloween movies are almost like summer movies because that's when like i feel like people really are like got get halloween fever more than any time it's like in like fucking like think about it dude like on instagram and shit like dude like in, in the middle of like june people are fucking all about halloween oh yeah we get you over know? sweating our balls off pretty quickly it gets to a point where it's like i'm tired of walking outside and feeling like i just walked into satan's asshole like yeah. i you know, i want it to be fall like it's yeah like, I, I feel like it's just close enough for people so they're showing their blu-rays off they're showing their t-shirts off and oh dude i've had a few people hit me up and they got their halloween six trick-or-treat uh like 12 inch michael myers figure. yeah yeah I'm like, oh fuck man i kind of want that uh-huh because yeah, it looks it great too. Yeah, for you bastards that tag us in it to show us, look what I got. Yeah, I'm happy, yeah, I'm yeah, happy, I'm happy for, for you, but I'm jealous as shit. Um, so we don't have to go too much longer. We're at an hour and thirty, but I wanted to mention this. I think that we're gonna get a Rob Zombie film on 4K this year, but I don't think it's gonna be the Halloween films. I think it's gonna be House with Thousand Corpses for the 20th anniversary. You're probably right. You yeah, know? it's not gonna be Halloween. It's. Look, guys. I mean, we we get we see your messages, we see your comments. Uh, look, we we agree. We we want them both in 4K. We, uh, you know, we've talked to Sean about it. Uh, it just doesn't seem like something that is 
in the works right now because of rights issues. So we've kind of gotten to a point where we just have to accept it's eventually going to happen. Those movies were for the Halloween franchise up until the Blumhouse trilogy, the most successful since the original financially. So like they have their fans, they're, they're going to get their day. Um, but it's not right now. Um, but yeah, house would probably be it. Uh, but I got a feeling though, man, if they're going to do house, I don't think they'd wait for rejects. I think they do rejects too. Cause rejects is the more popular one. I guess so. I, I, it depends on the resources that they put into restoring them. If they do it at the same time, if it's more, if it makes more financial sense to do that. Yeah. I, but I mean, I would, I would rather have a house. I prefer, house is my favorite of the three of it's that trilogy. Even, house is yeah. the best. House is the best. Yeah. It's like and, you either, you either got style or you don't like if you, if you think rejects is better, you're just basic. I'm so, I'm sorry. Like <laughs> house, dude. House is way more fun. Like I love Devil's Rejects. Don't get me wrong, but it's not even close. Like house is everything. House is style. It is colors and all the right places. I feel like Joe Bigos is like trying to do that, like Rob, but he was like Rob knew how to do it without blasting shit in your eyes and just doing shit that is like. <laughs> I feel like B goes like when you finally do see Christmas play Christmas, you're going to be like, Oh God, it's so much. Uh, it's everywhere. It's like the whole scene is blue and green, but Rob would do little shit. Like, that's kind of cool. Just like, just, yeah, that's fine. Like, I like that. That's cool. Or like the lens flares in the mirror, like at the, at oh, the yeah. in front of the diner. Like it's just small shit. That's cool, but it's like really cool. You know, you have, you have, it's effortless. It's effortless. You have, you have people say like, I've heard some complaints for house being like, Oh, you know, it, 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 it seems like it's shot and edited like a music video. And I'm like, yeah, fucking rules. Like it fucking rules. Like it's awesome. There's so much about that movie. It's, it is so frantic at times. And, but like it works for that yeah. movie. It's, yeah. fucking, it's one of the most beautiful Blu-rays I have too. Like, dude, that Blu-ray looks amazing. Mm-hmm. So maybe the 4k wouldn't look any better. Cause for some reason, like, and a lot of people, I've talked to people about that. I was like, Dude, for some reason, House of Thousand Corpses looks flawless on Blu-ray, and so like you know that, that was shot on thirty-five. I, he was on when he was on Charles' podcast. It's so funny listening to people. Like, I almost think people give Rob a little bit more creativity than he really had, like than he really is going for. He goes on Charles Band's podcast and he says, "Yeah, so I shot I shot House on thirty-five. And I remember when we blew that up on the projector and watched it, I was like, oh, this looks way too nice. So, so then I shot Devils on 16 because I just didn't want it to look as nice. Like, that's literally what he said. And then he goes, once I shot Devils on 16, we blew that up. And I was like, I don't know. This still this still looks really good. Like, he purposely wanted his movies to look like shit. <laughs> you know, because that's the way he grew up watching <laughs> movies. They looked like shit because they were, you know, cropped. And you just fucked, you know, framed to hell. So, yeah, it's so funny hearing him say that. It's like he's not an artist. The way people want to talk, he he literally wanted his movies to look like shit. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. But I mean, he grew up watching stuff that didn't look great. So I'm saying that's what he said. He's like, yeah, he he watched his VHS tapes that were uh, SLP, which is the cheapest way to watch, like you know, watch VHS tapes, cropped fuzzy and he he goes yeah but like it's like when you clean it up sometimes it's like there's a little bit of mystery to the image when it looks really bad and there's like kind of like the fuzz <laughs> like rob what are you talking about 
I'm telling you. I the, mean, 16, the 16 works. I also feel like he was starting that. He was doing that before it was cool. In 2009, I don't know how many people were shooting on 16 millimeter for major motion pictures at the time. Like uh, 2009, you were yeah. heavy in the dit. And I feel like he doesn't get the credit for kind of being like, no, fuck film. Like, I want to shoot this shit. Oh, fuck digital. I want to shoot this on film. I feel like he needs a little bit more credit with that. He's never got bringing that back. Yeah. I mean, he's never gotten the credit for a lot. And it, it, it's shitty because people are just like, oh, it's fucking movie is his dialogue and his wife. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Like his wife. Yeah. Fine. Like, find First of all, you know, you like looking at her. Second of all, find some other shit to bitch about, dude. Like, at least he's original. Like, at least he I mean, at least he's like every company that contracts him to make a movie at some point ends up regretting it. And I love that. Like, because they see what he's doing and they're like, Rob, I don't know about this, man. He's like, well, you already paid me. So like Universal did it with House of Thousand Corpses. Um, the only time that he didn't have any issues, I think was Devil's Rejects. I think that was the only time where there was no issues. Every other movie this this guy has made, yeah, there have been issues behind the Dude, scenes. You have, you do me a favor. You have got to listen to Charles Band's podcast. I was, he, I was just about to ask you about that. Yeah. I keep telling people, Besides this one, it's the best podcast in the world because Charlie Band literally gets the best guests ever. He had Eli Roth on. He had uh, Joe Begos. He had Jim Wynorski. Uh, he had John Carpenter. Uh, and it was the greatest John Carpenter interview I've ever heard because he loves and respects Charlie. So he was open to talk about anything. Um, but Rob literally talked for two hours they split it up for two parts. He literally told Bob Weinstein stories on the set of the Halloween films. That's all he talked about and how crazy Bob was. So, I mean, you'll actually really yeah, dig I, it. I got all he did. Was, that's all he talked about. Was What's the podcast called? Full Moon Freak Show. It just type in Charles Band and you'll find it on iTunes and go listen to the, the John Carpenter interview is great, but go look. And it's crazy because Charlie talked to John about like how I have the game when Atari, he he was making games for Atari twenty six hundred, and he made Halloween the game. Yeah, I remember. I remember yeah. hearing all about and reading about that. Yeah, yeah. It cost me a couple hundred bucks to get the game. Sean has it in the box, which is worth hundreds and hundreds, probably a thousand dollars. I've just got the cartridge, and I've got Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But yeah, it's it's awesome. But literally hearing Rob do his Bob Weinstein impression and talk about how insane and he's an asshole. Like he said that Bob. Would show up to like he would show up on set. I, I, you know, I, I don't even spoil. I want you to listen to it. I want you no, to I hear will, it. I, I was going to ask you because uh, I will listen to it tomorrow at work. Like, You'll I, love it. There's two parts, part one and part two. So he he literally talked to Rob for like two hours. That makes me wonder what Rob's going to do next, man. I really want him to get behind the director's chair again. Well, this is what he said. Like he's at the point in his career now where he said. Whenever I want to do a project, the first question I'm going to ask is, how much money do you do you want me to make this for? It's where you'll leave me alone. Meaning like he wants to make a movie for a modest budget where he doesn't. He says he probably the way he made it sounds he refuses to ever work for a high profile movie. Like not necessarily like Halloween, but but, but with 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 people breathing down his neck like that. He hates he said he hated Bob and dude, the story I'm not going to split, but the story of Rob 
threatening a man's life at the test screening for Halloween 2 is insane. I can't wait for you to hear it. Hmm. I can't wait for you to hear it. He was, I, I wish we could see it, but he basically alludes to why you'll never see the documentaries. I know we've talked about it and it's crazy, but I didn't know it was this crazy. Wait till you yeah. get to the part where he talks about the test screening of Halloween 2 and he threatened a man's life. It's fucking great. And he says it, he because you know how Rob is, he's like, he he talks like this. He's like, honestly, I remember I, I felt really bad about it, but like, I was so mad, man. Like, I just, you know, I, I said, I know what you're fucking doing, you piece of shit. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. I wish we could see the making of, but now I know why. It's fucking bad. Yeah, it's probably in prison with Harvey. No one's ever going to see it. Never. Oh, well, man, this was fun. <clears throat> we got long one this week yeah a lot of topics covered guys music saw rob zombie christmas healthcare. is <laughs> a lot yeah i try to balance it i try to balance it out and well that's I what like they the, come here for variety. i like the, and that's what i like listen i like listening to the banter i mean it's great when you got cool topics but i like hearing about somebody's arduous decision to change toothpaste brands you know, like I love listening to shit like that. I went to Crest 3D White about you know, two months ago. I'm liking it. I, I got Crest too, but I got like this like black soap or black soap, like black color. Charcoal. Toothpaste. Is it like charcoal? Yeah. It's close no. to it. It doesn't turn my teeth black like when I'm brushing them, but it's a dark color mm-hmm. that's supposed to be kind of yeah, like that. It's Crest. Yeah. I've, I've used that before. I just didn't care for the taste all that much, but. I mean, it's toothpaste. You're not really supposed to, I guess. It makes everything taste like shit, too, after you're done brushing your teeth, which is why they tell you not to drink anything after you brush your teeth, unless it's water. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, look, this was fun. I I wonder what we'll do next week. Next week will be the show before the new year, so maybe we'll recap some of our favorites of this year and then what we're most looking forward to next year. I I don't know. Um, Or maybe we'll talk about our favorite TV dinners. Yeah, yeah. Did I did I stump you with that one? Did I just think? <laughs> no, no. I, I got I got a text. I got a okay. text, and okay. I was like reading it. But uh, I don't really eat TV dinners, man. I really don't. We'll but save I, it. Save it for next week. Okay. All right. There are a few I could <laughs> talk about. Yeah. All right. Well, happy. Excuse me. Merry Christmas to everybody. Um, I don't know if this will be my last video before the holiday, but if it is, I hope everybody's been doing good and. It's stressful times, so hopefully this helps you just take your mind off of shit for at least at least a little while. Because I know we could all use some escapism. So hope mm-hmm. everybody's out there is doing good and getting through. Don't worry about making New Year's resolutions. Just stop being a piece of shit now. Don't <laughs> wait till Jan- like like you know what I mean. Or just just say, hey, I am who I am, and I don't. I, feel like I am thinking. a piece of shit, and I'm not you know? gonna pretend. You know what I mean. I could go off on a tangent on New Year's resolutions. How stupid that it's is. It's fucking dumb. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to stop being a serial murderer on January 1st. <laughs> like, come on. No anyway. Problems. So there it is, but guys. Yeah, I mean, for me as well, guys, uh, Merry Christmas to you all. I will have a couple uploads this week. Uh, I'm going to pump them out tomorrow and I'm going to put them out like one after the other before Christmas. Uh, but yeah, Merry Christmas from us. Uh, happy Hanukkah if you're celebrating it. Kwanzaa, New Year's, all that shit. Uh, whatever you guys celebrate, I hope it's great. And I uh, hope uh, hope you guys have a very Unita Christmas.